0: So my response, okay, so continuing my response. Also to blame are Great Britain and especially the USA. We, under Reagan, funded the Mujahideen. How many of you remember the Mujahideen? I do. I remember cheering for them. They were the freedom fighters who, were, who in Afghanistan were fighting off Soviet oppression. And the State Department under Ronald Reagan... Decided that they were going to produce little cartoon books for little kiddies, teaching them the virtues of jihad, and we radicalized a whole generation of Afghan children, and we funded a group called the Mujahideen, and guess who was one of the members of the Mujahideen? A guy named Osama bin Laden, right? Osama bin Laden. We made him. Okay, we we built him up. We gave him a network. We we. We put those guys all together, and that was when we were weaponizing uh, radical Islam, in fact, stirring it up by, by producing propaganda to be used with Muslim children. We were stirring it up in Afghanistan, all, all for good reasons, right? I mean, you know, the Soviets were the bad guys. They were, it was the evil empire, so by any means, right, you know, do what you have to do. Well, it's a classic case of blowback. And this is what Ron Paul talked about an awful lot. And people like um, McCain, that war hawk lunatic, God rest his soul, um, McCain actually came out and and said, uh, mocked Ron Paul for blowback. You know, like like Ron Paul made up the concept. And then Ron Paul made an idiot of McCain and showed that this is something that's commonly spoken of uh, by... um, our black ops and white ops guys who work overseas, uh, you know, the, the deep state guys, the spooks who work overseas. So, okay, continuing on. So we made Osama bin Laden. Okay, Ron Paul rightly condemned this. I continue. And he did, and, and as he did our meddling in Iran in the 1950s, again, another huge case of blowback which led to the rise of the Ayatollah Ruhollah Khomeini. You remember that? I was a kid when that happened. I remember it. Um, the Ayatollah Khomeini, we helped build him up. We, ha- Not because we literally paid for him or funded him or brought him from Paris to, to Tehran or anything like that. No. We took out a guy who was democratically elected in Iran. and We put in the Shah. And the Shah of Iran was a despot. <laughs> But he was, you know, to quote a, a, um, politi- an American politician about some Latin American despot, he said, he's a bastard, but he's our bastard. In other words, we were funding this guy, we were supporting him, and yeah, he's a horrible person, but he's on our side. That's exactly what we did with the, uh, the Shah of Iran. Well, and there was blowback. What happened? Well... That's when they brought in the Ayatollah, this religious fanatic from Paris, where he was exiled, and he comes in, and there's a literal communist revolution, and then there became an Islamist revolution that piggyed back on top the communist revolution um, in Iran, and that's the regime that they have today. It's like it's got a lay branch of it, and then the quote-unquote clerical branch of it, where you have an Ayatollah um, who's who's uh, you know like part of this sort of double-headed. Um, hierarchy of, of the state of Iran. This is a subject that has been deeply studied by James Corbett and others, the whole concept of uh, the United, the American and British guilt in the Middle East, right? And what did we do? We manipulated these people primarily for oil. The Brits did it, the Americans did it, and there's extensive, extensive documentation on this. And we did a lot of political meddling in the Middle East and played off one Middle Eastern leader against another, against another, against another, all to get profits for our oil industry. British Petroleum, right? And they're still at it. They were doing this stuff way back. Um, the war, the first first Iran war, first, excuse me, first war in the Gulf, Gulf War I. Uh, what was it all about? Um taking kuwait back (laughs) kuwait was a creation of british petroleum that's it it wasn't a country until british petroleum carved out a little part of of iraq that happens to be right on the coast that happens to have access to all these gulf coast oil fields i mean i'm saying gulf coast persian gulf oil fields and um they did this to make buckets of money. And when and when um, Saddam Hussein decides he's going to unite the historical country of Iraq back together, uh, and asked our state department Madeleine Albright, do you have any problems if we do this? And Madeleine Albright says, "No, no, no, that's fine." And then the United States turns around and says, "Oh, he's he's taking over innocent Kuwait, we have to stop him." So, this is a this is a constant thing in the Middle East is using them f- for oil. Um, Okay, so I continue, I am no lover of Islam, nor do I defend their terrorism, nor do I deny it, of course. I am theologically opposed to the Quran and the blasphemies it contains, just as I am opposed to the Talmud and the blasphemies it contains, and the state terrorism of Israel. Sadly, we Americans who have to put white hats and black hats on the two sides of every international dispute have been caught up in a classic false dialectic between two false religions vying for real estate in the Holy Land. Now, her response to me was this. Brother Andre Marie, the false religion of Islam is such because, first and foremost, it is a political system where atrocities are so extreme in the form of indiscriminate bloodlust carried out in the English-speaking world, USA, and Europe by so-called extremists... Uh, If there was such a thing as a moderate Islam, it has not revealed itself. Who shout, God is great, in Arabic, yeah, um, Allahu Akbar, that's what they're saying, God is great. To cause intimidation before, during, or after an atrocity, meaning that a life or lives are, are taken, then there is such a response as a just war. They have brought their barbarism to the West by means of intellectuals and academia, communists and socialists who have infiltrated through Gramscianism, I mean Gramscianism, Gramsci was not an Islamist and Gramsci was a communist who thought of a particular technique of infiltrating the Western mind, through what's called cultural Marxism. uh, Later on that's picked up, but actually I didn't want to make a huge issue of it, but cultural Marxism is a Jewish phenomenon primarily. It's not an Islamist phenomenon. Um, Gramscianism in educational institutions, and they have allowed them into the West through the lie that diversity is. This is what I mean when I say that diversity has failed. I agree with her on that. These people have not integrated into civilized society and are seeking to drag the West down and change our way of life. Okay, Um, let me see if there's anything else worth reading in this. Okay, all right. So I I think she made it. Those are the points. So I write her back. So this this is the main point that I wanted to get across in this show. Um, We need to think of doing the truth in charity. When it comes to geopolitics, when it comes to interpersonal relationships, everywhere. We don't take sides in a war that's not our own. That would be dumb to do. Unless we're simply saying, oh, wait a minute. We're going to get dragged into this war. What's actually going on? Or unless it's to say, okay, there's truth and justice here. There is falsity and injustice there. And even if you have two sides with two bad guys, it's nice at least to know uh, what, what some of the truth claims are and know if they're, if they're refutable, huh? So, so here's my main message to the, in this program. I'm well aware of Islamic brutality. Wait, let me, uh, I'm sorry, I skipped a line. So here I address Allison. Islam is first and foremost a false religion because it denies the Trinity and the Incarnation. She said it is because it's a political system. Well, okay, it's a political system that confuses church and state as if there is not a distinction. Okay, we distinguish between church and state or between the temporal order and the spiritual order. Uh, they don't do that. That's a fact. That's true. I mean, if you've noticed anything about Islamic history, that's, that's true. But that's not their major error. Their major error is denying the Trinity and the Incarnation. The same may be said of Judaism, the same may be said of Judaism. They deny the Trinity and the Incarnation. The thing that makes Islam false is also the main thing that makes Judaism false. I'm well aware, I continue, of Islamic brutality and celebrate the victories of Lepanto, Belgrade, and Vienna with as much gusto as the next red-blooded traditionalist. I'm also aware that not all Muslims are murderous jihadis, just as not all Jews are IDF soldiers who deliberately target innocent civilians. Atrocities abound all around. I have spoken to both Muslims and Jews about Jesus Christ and am still alive to tell about it. I agree that Europe's profligate policy of immigration from Islamic countries is imprudent, evil, and ultimately self-destructive. As Catholics, our duty to Muslims and to Jews is identical, to love them enough to bring both to Jesus Christ and the Catholic Church so that they can be saved otherwise they are all lost this will require evangelism not ecumenism and yes martyrdom will be necessary as it always has been this coincides with the church's duty to god namely to make him known and loved by all men in all nations We must love God so much as to will this. Remember, the priority is love of God, then love of man, right? Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men of goodwill. Those are the priorities. The first and greatest commandment is to love the Lord thy God with thy whole heart, mind, strength, and will. And the second is like unto it, love thy neighbor as thyself. So we have to love God enough to make him known and loved. That that was the inspiration of the great missionaries. And secondarily, I mean, and and, and by the way, we get get the one goal through the other, right? Um, It's not like they're in competition, okay? They work together. But if we don't have our priorities straight, I think we won't effectively do what it is we're called to do. I continue. Meanwhile, we cannot justify the violations against the natural law that persist in the systematic injustices against the Palestinian people, some of whom are our Catholic brothers and sisters. And this is the subject of the above video. So she was objecting to the video, and I just wanted to bring it back to, you know, that's the point of this video. There were these injustices perpetrated against Palestinians. Whether those Palestinians were um, infidel Muslims, mm, baptized Catholics, who who are part of Christ's mystical body, uh, systematic um, Orthodox, which many of them are, Um, It matters not as far as committing injustices against them. You are not allowed... Okay, so we're not members of these false religions. The Talmud allows injustices to be done against non-Jews. It's in the Talmud. Various injustices can be committed against non-Jews. We don't allow that. And Islam has a mixed record here, but... Uh, but certainly, it allows injustices to be propagated against non-Muslims in certain settings. Uh, so this is this is not some this is not a standard that we allow. Even if they did it first, it's not like well you know he started it, so I can perpetuate it. No, we're not children. We shouldn't be. Okay, so um, now she she ends up she ends up. Um, mm, Okay, she picks up on what I said. The false religion of Islam is such because it's first and foremost a political system where atrocities are so... Wait, wait, wait. I'm sorry. I, I must have skipped back. I, I have a bad habit of going back to where I started. Um, okay, so she writes back. And this is where it gets kind of funny. I thought I was going to lose her here. Are you implying that you can convert someone who practices Islam to Christianity? Jesus Christ to them is a prophet only. He is not and will never be to them the Son of God. They don't even believe that our Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of the Living God, was crucified. That's true, by the way. They don't believe he was crucified. They think that someone else took his place. They practice taqiyah with the infidel. So it's like you're able to lie and cheat and whatever to to the infidel. Yeah, true. And I I wasn't going to make the point that the Talmud allows Jews to do the same thing. I, too, have been in both Jewish and Muslim company, worked with each one, and been in, in been in the nearest to what could be named dialogue, building trust and seeking common ground. The latter of which I have discovered more with Jewish per- persons through the continuation of the Old Testament, which brings the tree of Jesse extends, which through the tree of Jesse extends and is revealed in the New Testament in one form, the Holy Bible. The undeniable link is there. It is nowhere to be found with the other. Okay, I write back. Allison, i am not implying that a muslim can convert i'm saying it it happens if you deny that it can happen then you don't believe in god's grace there have been books written by muslim converts to catholicism the church in her traditional prayers prays for the conversion of muslims to deny that they can convert makes the church's prayers a mockery so here's where so thank god she had really good will and she responds Are you saying that there is a prayer specifically for the conversion of Muslims? As far as I am aware, the Good Friday intercessions include a prayer for those who do not believe in Christ,